All right. It's good to see you guys. Hey, um, you know, we've been tackling a bunch of different issues over the last several years, uh, you know, and, um, and it's amazing how many issues there are. And, and, and one of the things I like to de- look at and when we pray about, Lord, what, what are the topics that you'd have us cover here on Ironworks with the guys? And several of the topics we've just touched, touched on and scratched the surface and we'll probably do uh, some uh, part twos here coming up this year. I'm pretty excited about uh, all the different things we can be kicking around as, as brothers. But, you know, some of the top ones on my list, I think, are, are marriages, honestly. Uh, to see the marriages at Athey Creek do really well. Uh, for us as husbands to be the men God's called us to be, that's, that's one of those topics. I think personal purity is another one. Uh, we live in such a culture that we're set up for total failure uh, on that one, and um, and we'll be tackling some of those topics uh, um, further this year as well. And uh, so I'm really excited about doing some of those those things. But one of the ones that um, it's it's a hard one because um, a lot of times some of these topics I've noticed that the guys that are doing actually pretty well they'll come with notebooks in hand, ready to write down some notes and get in the scriptures and think how can we be better on this. And the guys that should be here aren't. But the guys that are doing okay on those things, they're here. It's like a tricky conundrum for us. Um, and also just the ears that we have to hear. A lot of times, um, you know, on the topics we need to hear the most, somehow we shut ourselves down to those topics uh, and we don't even want to hear it. You know, like, yeah, whatever, uh, that's not me. Uh, but uh, if, you're, if you're a wise man, uh, you'll give attendance to, what is the Lord trying to tell me personally, you know, in, in all of these things? And we should do that always when we get into the scriptures. Um, this topic today, uh, the disconnected man, is one that I think is way more important than, I mean, not, not a lot of people are really talking about this, um, and, uh, and yet it's a huge issue. Um, one of the things you see in the Bible is um, men that were not disconnected, but quite the opposite. And uh, we've got a guy here today who has um, really kind of taken a hard look at this, and uh, I'm pretty excited about this because he's got a story to tell, but also... Um, has just done some really good work on this, and so I've been pretty excited to have Jim come and share with us. Jim Turner. So let's give an Athey Creek welcome for an Athey Creeker, Jim Jim Turner. Come on up. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really honored to be here this morning. It was uh, a big surprise to me that Brett would give up his pulpit for uh, for me especially, and because uh, he just doesn't, you, you never do it, and that's um, an honor for me, and that's not a slam, because he's a good teacher, but, uh, um, but it's, a, it's a blessing for me, an honor, I just want to say thanks again, uh, it's really good to be here, and just like announcement time, um, we all hate this stuff, but it, it has to be done, I'm going to give you this book, this is my first book, um, it's called So-Called Christian Healing Spiritual Wounds Left by the Church. It's a really bad title. It has nothing to do with the book, but my publisher said that needs to be the title because we want women to buy it. You know, women buy books. Men don't buy books. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> my, my title originally was uh, Spiritual Mutilation Something. You know, it was just something like really manly or whatever, but uh, I'm going to give this to you if you just stop by the table back there. It's been revised and the title's been changed and everything, so this is kind of the overstock. And what it is, is, um, and forgive me for taking so long, but um, it's just simply how to get along when you differ. If you have a different opinion about Trump or Hillary or whatever, as a Christian, you know, how, how do you work through that? But especially about biblical issues, what, what do you do when you're a hardcore Calvinist and you meet a hardcore Arminian? You know, how do you get along as Christian brothers? That sort of thing. And that's what that book walks you through. So if that's of interest to you, that's free to you guys. So uh, stop back and get one. I think we've got enough for everyone. So, um, you know, um, short tie-in to the Military Veterans Day thing. Um, just recently, I was on a Skype call with an Army Ranger, and uh, an Army Ranger and his wife, a uh, pastor friend of mine in South Carolina, knows this guy from uh, uh, some ministry that he's done. And so we get on a Skype call with him, and the one thing that's really interesting about Army Rangers is part of their job 
is to completely shut down everything emotional that's going on, right, so that they can do their mission. Well, what happens with those guys, and this was confirmed to me last night, I had a conversation with uh, an ex-chief of police from uh, Portland, and he was telling me that uh, highest suicide rates are among police and, and military, right? And it's because, and we got to talking about that, and it's because they have to keep everything inside, and it's hard for them to, you know, do that mission and then come home and be a different guy. And so uh, I was on the Skype call with an army ranger and his wife, and he was telling me exactly that, is that, you know, I got to go be this guy for an army ranger mission, and then I got to come home to a wife and kids who has been army rangering her kids, right? I mean, it's a tough job to raise children, especially in today's society. And so they were having a lot of marriage issues, and we were able to do this Skype call, and it ended up being that um, it was helpful enough, and the message we're going to do today is exactly what I was telling him. It was, he felt it was helpful enough that he went in to his battalion leader, and he said, listen, we got to get this guy's book, and we got to go through it as a battalion. And so I get an order paid for by the American government for uh, like a couple of boxes full of books, and there's an Army Ranger battalion going through this, this message right now. So it's pretty cool um, that it's, and, and the tie-in is this, is that it's not just Army Rangers. You and I, we have to get up every morning, go to work, come back, so on. We've got to do things, but then we have to be someone while we're doing all those things, right? And so my story starts, and, and I, and I got to tell you, I, uh, I was teasing Pastor Brett earlier this morning that I think he really set me up. Um, do you remember his sermon from Sunday where he's talking about the sins of the tongue? And he said, you know, when you talk about yourself, you get this rush, like when you're eating good food or taking drugs or even having sex, right? And he knows full well that he's already invited me to come and speak about myself. So you guys just hang out while I get my endorphin rush, all right? And, uh, you know, it'll be all good for me. <laughs> no, um, but I thought that was funny when he was going through that, that um, here I am going to speak on Saturday. But I do want to tell you my story, okay? Because I don't want you to repeat my story. And if you've already repeated my story, then, you know, we've got some things to fellowship over. But I really don't want you to repeat my story. I was a pastor for 25 years. And in that um, period of time, uh, I had two or three different churches that I ministered in. And all along, I was doing everything I thought I was supposed to do. but I wasn't really being the man I was supposed to be. And I wasn't really connecting, especially with my wife, but with my church family or my kids or really anyone. I was really in myself a Lone Ranger. I was, I, I was really productive. I got a lot of stuff done. But in that time, I uh, was slowly losing everything that I held dear. And what ended up happening was I ended up losing my wife over it over the course of a 24-year marriage because I couldn't connect with her heart. I didn't know how to get into my heart in order to connect with hers. And so over the course of 24 years, she just kept trying to get in, trying to get in. And never got in. And at some point she just said, I can't do this anymore. And she left me. And so I ended up with a failed marriage, four kids living with me, and nowhere to go with all this. And it was at that point um, that um, uh, the Lord started doing a work in my heart. 
Interesting thing is, though, is that her leaving didn't even get my attention about my problem. I thought, what is wrong with her? And it was all her fault. It was not mine. And it was one day when I was uh, having uh, a coffee at a cafe in Tumalo, which is right outside Bend. I lived in uh, Bend for 10 years. That uh, this, my best friend at the time, we're sitting there having coffee, talking about life, you know, and just enjoying the time. And he, uh, he kind of pauses and then he looks at me in the eyes and he says, Jim, I got something to say to you. Cool. He's one of these guys, he's about 6'3", and he's got like crystal blue eyes that can see right through the back of your head. And then he's got this finger, like, I mean, real fat finger that he can just drill through granite with. And he sits there and he says, Jim, I think you could, could get up from this table, you could walk out that door, and you could be done with me, never get in contact with me again, never really speak to me, and not really miss me. Okay, that's not the kind of thing that a man says to another man typically, right? It's like I'm sitting there with this guy saying, where did that come from? But I knew as soon as he said it that that was for me. That was the thing that the Holy Spirit was going to use to renovate me, really to wreck me. And so after that time in the coffee shop, and he went on to uh, explain a little bit more about what he meant by that. And what he meant was that, okay, I know you, you call me your best friend, but I don't really know you. We've never connected heart to heart. And we've never really shared those kinds of um, intimate details or burdens or, or um, you know, uh, call it connection it's never been there and I'm thinking I don't get that and so it started me on a journey and that journey was um, to find out what in the world was wrong with me and I left that that cafe that day and I kept asking what is wrong with me and that was my constant question And as a result of asking myself that question and spending a lot of lonely nights and a lot of time thinking about, okay, what is this? That my best friend, that my wife could leave me and my best friend could sit across the table at me and say, you and I, there's nothing going on between us. I had to figure that out. And as a result, that's where, um, you know, the book came from is, I I had to get into it, and I had to figure out, okay, what does God want me to do with what I'm learning about myself? And, you know, you might be listening to me right now and saying, you know, I don't get this guy. I don't know what this this disconnection thing is because I feel really connected. Great. You're the kind of guy that I had to learn from. And I, ha- I really had to learn stuff. But if you're wondering, okay, am I one of those disconnected guys? Um, let me just read a few questions that kind of help you. And this is uh, in chapter five of the book. And it'll kind of help you discern, okay, is this for me or is it not? Now, let me, um, let me stop there and say it is for you because we're going to get into the scriptures here and you're going to find out just how important this uh, idea of relationship is. But if you're wondering, okay, am I a disconnected guy? Can I, am I going to sit in a cafe someday and my best friend um, tell me, okay, you know, I've known you for 10 years, but, you know, there's nothing going on between us. Is that going to happen to me? Well, um, ask yourself some questions like this. Um, uh, let me get to the right page here. Um, Do you now or have you ever felt deeply intertwined with anyone in the sense that you really couldn't live without them? When I asked myself that question back then, the answer was, no, I really don't. I could kind of move on. And that included everyone. Uh, Do a lot of people consider you to be very competent 
at what you do? Or have you been a natural overachiever most of your life? I say that because most disconnected guys, they're overachievers because guess what? They don't have to worry about the baggage of relational issues. No drama. I can go get stuff done. So that's a really important part of the questioning here. Do you have fond memories of tender moments with your parents? Did you have a lot of dating relationships and breakups before you found your wife? And it goes on. There's like, oh, probably 25 questions in there that you can kind of test yourself. And feel free to go back there afterward and pick up a book and go to chapter 5 and look, all right, if you feel like you want to take that test. But, but it's in there where you can kind of tell, okay, is he talking about me or not? But um, <clears throat> regardless if, you know, I'm talking about you when it comes to disconnected, the thing about um, relationships is what we really want to get into today. Everything, everything is about relationship. You look at the Bible cover to cover, there is not one verse that's not about relationship. And let's just get into God's heart here. I'm not going to ask you to turn anywhere. I'm going to read to you uh, a series of verses here that talk about God's desire to be in relationship with you and me. Okay? And he states this in many, many, many ways in the scriptures, but in one particular way, he talks about his desire to dwell with his people. Listen to this. Genesis 3, 8, and 9. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Imagine that. Cool of the evening. You're in the garden. Adam and Eve. God walks in. For his normal appointment, the scripture seems to indicate, right? Where's my guy? Where's Adam? He's just there to visit. God is there to visit, right? So going on into the history of Israel, let them, con he, um, God is instructing uh, Moses here, let them construct, construct a sanctuary for me that I may dwell among them. Very Hebrew word that it talks about sanctuary, the tabernacle, right? It means a dwelling place. God wants to live among us. He says in Exodus 29, 45 and 46, I will dwell among the sons of Israel and will be their God. They shall know that I am the Lord, their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord, their God. In 1 Kings 6, I will dwell among the sons of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. In Zechariah 2.10, sing for joy and be glad, O daughter of Zion. For behold, I am coming, and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. Many nations, that, and there's where it's referring to you and I, the non-Gentiles, right? Many nations will join themselves to the Lord in that day and will become my people. Then I will dwell in your midst. Constant theme through the scripture. It continues into the New Testament. Jesus answered and said, if anyone love me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode, our home, our dwelling with him. John 14, 23. However, in First um, Corinthians, I'm sorry, Romans 8, However, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Three times in that passage, dwells, dwells, dwells. And then it ends in Revelation where it says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men and he will dwell among them and they shall be his people and God himself will be among them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no longer any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. That's just a handful of the verses where God 
is communicating his heart's desire to be with us. From Genesis to Revelation, he repeats it over and over and over and over again. I, almighty God, want a relationship with my people. Each and every man here, insofar as we are a reflection of what God wants us to be in the world, needs to be saying the exact same thing of everyone within our sphere of influence. That we desire a relationship. Because it's God's primary desire. Think about it. Genesis to Revelation, everything is about relationship. And when I started realizing these things, and I started assimilating them into myself, lots of things started happening to me. I went from this guy that was focused on the do, right? I was getting things done. And all of a sudden, God started messing me up in the best way. And the ways he started messing me up, and this is how I started knowing that he was changing me. I, I started understanding love songs. I mean, before, I'd listen to the tune and say, yeah, man, I like that tune. But now, they started affecting me. I started getting it. It's like, this dude's hurting, or this girl's hurting. I didn't get that before. I mean, I'd be in an auto parts store, and I'd hear something on, you know, uh, SoundMax or whatever they use, um, and I'd start tearing up. And, you know, the guy, the guy at the auto parts store would say, man, he really cares about auto parts. <laughs> You know, something like that. But, uh, I mean, even I noticed it even started changing my driving habits. Because, I, I mean, I was aggressive. Uh, I was doing something all the time. I was getting somewhere, right? And, and I just have to say, you know, after I've um, gone through some, I'm not there yet. All right? My driving habits are not there yet. Um, those of you guys who drive a Prius, um, I'm not of your tribe. Okay. <laughs> And here's the way I look at it. I got a big car. I got a big vehicle. And it has a supercharger, right? And I really respect that guy that invented the supercharger. And I want to make sure that I use his invention for what he intended it to be used for. Right? I've got respect for that guy. And, you know, when I meet the hamster-powered Prius on the highway... You know, I'm really, the change that God made in me is I'm really trying to say, you know, that's a really humane brother, or, or not brother, I don't know, but a humane person that, you know, gave those hamsters a job, and he doesn't want to overstress them. And, and so I'm just going to say, bless you, brother, for your humanity. And, but I'm going to respect my supercharger guy, right? But no, really, I'm, it was much deeper than that. God really did a work in me. And the way I know that is because my adult children started telling me, Dad, we're getting to know you. I mean, they kind of, they stuck with me. Their mom moved away, and I didn't get a chance to do anything with her. But my, I've got two, uh, I had two adult daughters at the time, two adult sons, and my daughters especially, uh, were kind of afraid of me before, and now they started connecting with me, and I started listening to them, and I started hearing their heart, and this happens every time, right? When God does that kind of work in a man's heart, where he can now start connecting with other people on a level that they feel loved, it changes the world. My children have changed for the better because God changed me. And they're still, uh, they're my best friends now. And then God opened some other doors and so on. And now I'm, I'm standing here to tell you, okay, that's my past. 
I want to tell you about my future now and my present. Don't let my past become your past. And this is how you avoid that, all right? Is um, uh, when, when we look at the scriptures and we see that uh, everything is about relationship, we have to ask ourselves, okay, if everything in there is about relationship, what am I doing about that? How am I going about working on relationships? I mean, I've come to, uh, and just to let you know, I'm at heart an introvert. This only happens because God called me to do this. But my preference, even now, even though I'm a connected guy, right, is to, be, to sit in my office with my library and study the things about the word that I can write about, not to go out and apply them because that's uncomfortable for me. But I actually force myself to do it and get into relationships so that I can look like Jesus. When you think about it, God desired us so much and he desired to have relationships so much that he talked about dwelling with us. He says, draw nigh unto me so that I can draw nigh unto you. He says over and over again this desire to be in relationship and then he sends his only son to live among us and then when that mission is done, when he's bought and paid the price for our salvation, he sends the Holy Spirit to do what? Dwell inside us. And now he's got perfect fellowship with us, dwelling inside. And then he's going to finish it all in the book of Revelation, when he wraps up this world, he, con he con consummates the age, as the scriptures say, and he has us all for eternity close to him. That's God's desire from the ages past, from eternity past. And so how do we reflect that desire? And we, I think we all know that the, the goal in New Testament Christianity is to be Christ-like, right? If the number one thing on Christ's mind is relationship, how do we reflect that? And these are some of the things that I learned about that. Um, and uh, I'm going to start with uh, some of the, um, the things in, in chapter 10 here. I actually get pretty bold in, <laughs> in this book, and I say, you know what, if you're not relational, if you're a disconnected man, if you're a guy that doesn't do relationships well, you're actually being disobedient to ne nearly every command of Scripture. If you're disconnected, if you're a lone ranger, if you're out on your own, you don't connect with your wife well, your children well, your friends well, your brothers in Christ well, you are being disobedient to nearly every command of Scripture. How do I know that? Think about the Scripture. Think about the commands in Scripture. Uh, Matthew 28, 19. How can you make disciples if you can't do relationships? Ephesians chapter 5. How can you love your wife as Christ loves the church if you can't intimately connect with her heart if your wife is saying to you 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 just don't understand me or something similar pay attention she is saying to you there's something about our hearts that's not connecting and you've got to find that because you sir in your marriage are the image of Jesus Christ Ephesians chapter 5 lays that out very clearly for us. That's not about earthly marriage especially, but it's about Christ and his church. And that earthly marriage is a picture of that relationship. And if we can't connect and we can't be intimate with Jesus Christ or with our wives, we're not reflecting Jesus. Furthermore, how can you love with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength the Lord if you're afraid of connection. 
How can you diligently teach your sons when sitting and walking and lying down and rising up, as in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 10, if you can't have a relationship, or if you have no relationship with them? How does that happen? Do you see how every command of Scripture is based on the foundation of your ability to have a relationship? And if you're running from relationships or hiding in your garage doing your 1968 Chevy project or whatever you're doing, that's not happening. And so as we realize this, the things that I realized that I had to do was I had to fix that in me. And you know, when I say fix it in me, the image comes up in my own head that, okay, I can get my hands dirty and get in there and do something, right? Give me a checklist and I'll go click, 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 click. I'm really good at checklists. I'm really good at projects and doing stuff, right? If you give me a project or a checklist or something, I can check it off. But when it comes to this inward relational connecting with people, there ain't no checklist for that. It's simply getting down and dirty with God and with people. And it means, bottom line here, bottom line, it means getting your face in front of other faces. However that happens. It may mean for some of you, hey, I heard this thing, honey, today, and I don't like this guy, but he told me that I have to do relationships better and I got to start with you. You might have to go home and say that. You might have some adult children or some young children that you have to go and put them on your knee and say, I really have failed. And I'm determined to start over here somehow, some way. I don't know what it looks like, but I got to do something. I don't know what it looks like for you. It might be with your friends or whatever, but let me give you some some um, kind of hints on how you can get started because this is what worked for me. It may not work for you. Um, well, the first one I know will work for you. <laughs> Read the Bible and pray. I don't know. That's really simple, right? How many times have you said that in the last year, Pastor Brett? Probably every other sermon, right? Read your Bible and pray. Are you doing it? And if you're not doing it, you don't have a prayer of getting here pardon the pun you will never be relational in the way that God is relational unless you are consistently in the word of God and on your knees in front of him it's not going to happen so this I mean you can just walk away from this message and say okay I'm not going to do number one so you know I'm good I can just go do what I want to do that might be you but if you don't want that to be you, read the Bible and pray, okay? Number two, meet regularly one-on-one -on -one with men who will get in your face about this. That's what I did. As soon as my friend told me, I, and, and as soon as I processed that a little bit, I said, what do I, what do, I do? And I went back to that friend and said, We've got to get together, and you've got to tell me what's wrong with me. And so I actually met with five different guys every week, um, and we had a regular appointment every week, and I gave them permission to speak into my life whatever they saw. And it was stinking uncomfortable many times. There was a time when I was hanging out with a couple of these guys that I'd given permission to speak into my life. And uh, one of my buddies said something, and I responded. And this guy over here said, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute, Jim. Do you realize what you just did to Tony? No. But he took that opportunity to correct me because I was destroying the relationship a little bit at a time with my reactions, and I was oblivious to it. I needed this guy to tell me how to do relationships. 
because I didn't know how. So Pastor Brett has said it many, many ironworks is that look at all the men here. There are guys to meet with. And I, and I would ask you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I would ask you, have any of you ever thought in your heart, I just wish I had an older guy or a friend that I could go to and get some answers from? I just wish there was that, this guy that, you know, was wise and godly and I could just go and hang out with and, and get to know stuff. Tell him what's on my heart. Tell him what's going on in my marriage. If you've ever thought that, look around. Go grab somebody and say, hey, I don't know you, but he's talking to me, and I need somebody. Or if you've ever been one of those guys like, I got all this wisdom. I've lived 60-some years or 70 or whatever, and I got nobody to give it to. Find one of these younger guys and start giving them the wisdom, right? Encourage you, you've got to meet one-on-one -on -one with godly men and determine to be completely transparent with them. You don't hold anything back. It doesn't matter what you're doing, what's going on. You spill it and let them help you. And then I took another step. I gave everyone around me Anyone who was involved in my life, I gave them permission to speak into my life and tell me when I was being non-relational, unemotional, hurtful, just stupid. My adult kids had the uh, permission. My son was like 15 at the time. He had permission to do that. Oh, give a 15-year-old a permission, he'll take it. <laughs> Trust me, you know. There are times when he came into my room and he said, Dad! <laughs> but he was right most of the time. And he taught me how to connect and what he needed from me. And you know what I heard in his voice? I heard myself speaking to God, saying, God, this is what I need from you. And my 15-year-old son was telling me, that's what I need from you, Dad. It's basically saying, I need you to look like Jesus for me. So this works. You open yourself up because here's what's happening in you guys that are disconnected and in some guys that disconnect from time to time. It happens to all of us, right? Here's what's happening is I'm going to put that in the closet over here where it's dark and nobody can see it. And I'm not going to let anybody know about it. And I'm going to go and I'm going to do the things I know I'm supposed to do. But I got that thing over there in the closet. And not, I'm not talking about porn, all right? Forget that. I'm talking about your heart. Opening up your heart to people. I had my heart safely tucked away in a closet so it wouldn't get hurt. Because every time something touched deeply into my heart, it caused a meltdown in me when I was disconnected. Now it doesn't. You can have my heart. I mean, I'll get teary, but I won't melt down. But it's those kinds of things that if you're not, if you don't have your heart on your sleeve, so to speak, people aren't connecting with you. And I found out that I had to do that. Um, so I had to give everybody access, uh, and that included my adult children. Um, like I've said, if you feel like there's a larger need, we talk to a lot of guys that um, write into us on our website, and they talk about trauma in their life. Some of you guys have been through it. I get that. One of my friends um, who uh, read the book started discovering that there was abuse, sexual abuse, all kinds of stuff in his background that he had pushed down, didn't even remember they were there until his brothers and sisters told him when he started asking. So stuff comes up. If you've got stuff like that, then I'd say seek some counseling. Uh, you may need it. I had a counselor that I went through this with as well. But the goal 
is to become more like your heavenly father who is constantly reaching out, inviting, and engaging in real relationship. That's the goal. So I'm going to leave it there, but I'm going to share one more passage of Scripture just by way of invitation. You might be here and you're saying, what is this whole thing all about? I'm sitting in this church. A guy invited me, and I'm listening to this guy talk about relationships and how God wants a relationship with me. I don't understand anything about that. John 15, starting with verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a, ba- if a man abide not, you see, hear the, the dwelling language again? If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you're here and you have never experienced love like that from your Creator, your Heavenly Father, Now's the time. We're talking about relationship and the most important relationship a man or woman can ever experience is that relationship with his or her creator, right? So I'm going to have Pastor Brett come up and just finish that invitation, but I want to encourage you, brothers, get connected. Don't make the mistakes. Find a way beg, grovel, do something, but get connected. What's this thing right here? Oh, pulpit. <laughs> Man, that that is some good stuff uh, for sure. Um, man, I hope we're we're listening. Um, that the thing that really hit me there while you were just sharing is that um, every command thing we're breaking every command of the Bible. Like that, I, you know, as you kind of think through that, even more than what you just said, I was like, man, it's true. Everything is based on relationship, and you know, we live in a culture. I think that you know, especially the secular world, but even in the Christian world, the 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 disconnected man, um, it's kind of hip right now. <laughs> it's almost like there's a, there's a thing that says, uh, yeah, you know, let's pull off the John Wayne and just kind of be all, you know, you're just going to be tough and you don't need anybody. And, uh, and, and I think there's even a thing where, you know, it's almost hip to not even, I don't even know how to say this, Jim, you said it well, but, um, you know, not even to love your wife. It's cool to be sort of, oh, yeah, my wife's going, you know, my old lady, she's great or whatever. And guys kind of talk about their wives in a way that um, kind of proves a disconnectedness. And, um, and I, I think culturally, we've kind of started to celebrate something that is, is wrecking lives. And um, man, it's, um, it's that, the, the, the sad thing is, as a pastor, I think, how many times have I had a guy come into my office and just say, Brett, my wife, uh, we've been married 15 years. I thought our marriage was great. And she said, I'm, I'm done. Uh, you know, kind of like, you know, what you explained there, that happens way, way too often. And, you know, a lot of your wives can be tough for a certain time. Um, and, and they'll they'll just kind of deal with, you know, women are so much more relational just by nature, I think, than us guys. And the wives have this longingness uh, to have that relationship. Um, but the guy's just not there. We're not given that. And um, And so as the years go by, the wives start to build that wall in their heart and bricks start going in while we're off, you know, uh, doing our thing and being the, the, the lone ranger guy, the disconnected man. And the wife's just trying to be brave. So she's, she's guarding her heart because it's, it's hurting. So she starts building those little bricks in her heart, you know, to kind of protect herself. 
there's a day, and it's a weird thing in a woman's heart, is there's a day where that last brick slides into place and is mortared up. And that's when she comes and says, I'm done. And the guy's like, what happened, man? I thought everything was great, you know, and what's going on? And, and we realize we've been allowing that disconnectedness to undermine for years uh, something that was meant to be uh, really, really amazing. Um, the, the t- here's the tough thing. Um, guys can turn the ship around pretty quick. Um, once you realize, man, I've totally been off on this. I've messed this up for 15 years. Um, honey, I'm sorry. I, I really am going to fix And I'm amazed at how guys are pretty resilient. They go, oh, yeah, man, I need to fix that because we, we're fixers and stuff. Here's the thing that most men don't understand. Women are not like the little uh, jet boats that we go out on the 4th of July and uh, their hearts spin around like the, the jet boat. That's a man's heart. We can spin around and do this. The woman's heart is like the Titanic. And to turn that thing around, it's a slow, <laughs> maybe, you know, apart from God, I've seen it where it's impossible. You can't turn that ship around once, once it's gone down that way too far. Uh, apart from a miracle of God, um, those things don't happen. So that's why what, what Jim is sharing with us, not just in marriage, but in so many of the other relationships with our kids and, and, you know, first and foremost with the Lord, uh, man, we, what a need there is in the church today for us men to really hear that message. Uh, from the beginning to the end of the Bible, it's right there. Um, you know, basically, um, the, the Bible tells us that uh, man destroyed our relationship with God. That's Adam and Eve garden. And the rest of the Bible is about restoring relationship and being con- reconnected. You know, and there's different words we could talk about, redeemed, you know, uh, reconciled back to the relationship with the Father. And so it really is all about relationship. But good, good word. A um, couple things. Um, uh, this book is great. Uh, and uh, if, you're, if you want, there's a table in the back there. there you can grab one of these. And um, I'd highly recommend it. And, and I have to, have to say, you guys know, you can count on one hand how many times I've turned the pulpit over to somebody. It's true. Jim's right. I just don't do that because I'm selfish and uh, no, <laughs> I just don't want to be connected to anybody else. Uh, no, no, just, 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 no, I, I, the part of the reason I don't turn the pulpit over is because we've got work to do going verse by verse through the Bible. And every time I'm not here, I feel like we're not, it's going to be the 40 year path through the Bible. So, uh, I, I have a job to do. That's kind of why I don't turn it over very often. But uh, this is one of those topics I, I don't think we can really talk en- enough about. So um, if you're interested, uh, definitely uh, pick up the book in the back. It's going to be great. Um, also, uh, um, the, the thing he was talking about connecting with guys in this, um, you know, we, we, had, we had whole ironwork sessions given to accountability and starting a group of guys and getting together and praying. And, you know, we even tried to form groups, uh, just said, hey, let's get, we'll even try to help you connect with guys. And, and, and I knew that was a risk. And I, and I actually had kind of a higher failure rate expectation that, man, even if we get three groups that come out of this that are legit, um, then that's worth the effort. But you know what's great? Remember uh, about a year and a half ago when I did that, we broke into groups. There's a bunch of those groups that are still going strong. Guys are getting together and praying and getting in the word together weekly. And, and kind of that description that Jim was saying about, you know, uh, transparency, having a guy be able to tell you whatever you need to hear and, and having that open conversation. Man, that's so valuable to have brothers in your life like that. And, you know, um, A, um, if, if you want, give it a whirl. Try just hooking up with guys for coffee, uh, you know, talking to them for a while. Uh, get to know some people. Maybe it's not going to be a, a fit. Uh, but, hey, the worst thing, you, you go out and get to know a guy for a time. But when you find the guys that you can say, man, these are, these are my guys that I'm going to really connect with. I'm going to be transparent, talk to. Hang on to that. Develop that. Um, that that's, that's huge. If that's something that's a real struggle for you. And you're like, Brett, that's just weird. I'm not walking up to some dude saying, hey, I want to be accountable to you. Will you be accountable to me? Uh, I can understand that. Um, but here's, here's a good way to start something. Meet up with one of our pastors, uh, especially, you know, Kaipo is our men's ministry pastor, and Kaipo's a great guy. And he knows a lot of the brothers in the church. And he, a lot of guys ask him, Kaipo, do you know anybody? That, uh, like, is there an older man, you know, that lives some life that I can meet up with and Kaipo's got some guys and knows people and he and you know meet with Kaipo first and then we can maybe try to get you to uh, meet up with some other guys in the church Um, and that's what's so great iron sharpening iron that's kind of what it's all about Um, so 
let's kind of keep that in mind um, for sure. Uh, why don't we pray that in? And uh, then I've got a, just a quick announcement uh, for you guys, uh, some, some stuff, and then we'll call it a morning. But uh, let's, let's go to prayer right now. Lord, it is true um, that um, our flesh, our human nature, our sin nature, Lord, wants to be isolated. And um, we know that men love darkness because our deeds are dark. Um, and so oftentimes, Lord, we hide behind isolation. But Lord, I pray that instead that we'd be um, more like you, become more like you, that longing to have a relationship, Lord, and forgive us where we've become hard-hearted and even callous, Lord. I pray that you'd peel back those calluses today and that you'd open us up to be resensitized, Lord, in our marriages, with our kids, with brothers in the church, um, Lord, with our relationship with you. Um, Lord, I love these, these words that were shared this morning and, and just um, getting in the word and praying, Lord, we know these things are easier said than done. And Lord, oftentimes, even in this room, our spirit is willing, but then our flesh becomes weak. And so I pray that you'd give us strength, Lord, as brothers to, to make some good strides in the right direction. And, and um, Lord, that you'd open us up and um, I pray that you'd make us stronger men. Lord, we think of David, who was a, a mighty man in so many ways, and, and yet he had that close friendship with Jonathan. We, we see, Lord, in the New Testament, Paul always had somebody he was traveling with, whether it was Silas or Barnabas, um, Lord, young Timothy that he was mentoring. We, we just see the model uh, in Scripture of, of two by two disciples being sent out, just relationships and and uh, Lord, I pray that you'd forgive us for going with the secular world, just being our own man and self-made and isolated. Lord, forgive us for that. Um, Lord, I pray that we'd hunger and thirst for righteousness, following your plan, your purpose for us, Lord. So we pray blessing now. Lord, um, embed these things in our hearts and minds. May we even grow and know further and more about this whole uh, truth of being connected in the way you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's stand together.